0: perfect hello everybody welcome to the 19th episode of one for one the season is finally over, and we're in the middle of some playoff games that I, I haven't even checked the updates on, and uh, we're going to break it all down. So we're going to be cheating a little bit today, but uh, nonetheless, Miles, how you doing today? Well, I'm, oh my God, I do this all the friggin' time. I'm Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, what's up? Nolan, um, thanks for remembering I'm here.
1: I appreciate it. I have had a heck of a day, Nolan. Uh, would you like to hear about it? Can I run you through it a little bit? Uh, yes. I woke up at 5.30, went out to the farm, did a little gopher hunting. Sorry to all the PETA reps out there that are going to be listening. I, and PETA, not PETA, like not the sandwich, the animal nerds.
0: The animal nerds? Um, <laughs> the animal nerds
1: <laughs> the or or PETA Shirelli? PETA Shirelli. So went out to the farm, shot some gophers, came back into town. It was about 10 o'clock um made about helping a buddy do a backyard job so i was running skid steer today i was on the job site i was working hard did about five trips to the dump just unloading rock uh got back to the house here to to record an episode and thank you for being patient while i did that but you know what nolan i think i i i deserve this i'm highly turned on
0: oh wow i got one too
1: My God, that's smooth. But yeah, man, good day. That's a toasty one. Good day, beautiful Sunday. There's some playoff hockey going on. I've got a lot of uh, God is good, God is great, life is good vibes going on right now. So let's get into it, man. I am excited to do do the Miko Miko Koskinen episode.
0: (laughs) Can Can I tell you one quick thing about Gophers? Yeah. And 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 if you and if you shooting gophers didn't already get us canceled, this will get us even more canceled. But nah. Um when we lived when we when we lived outside of Edmonton, uh we had like a big gopher because like we lived on the base in Edmonton and uh we had like this big field that surrounded like our, our uh 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 PMQ and the like there were tons of gopher holes everywhere as one shit. And so it ended up coming to like one day I was like out playing with a friend or whatever. And I tripped and I like twisted my ankle on one of the gopher holes. So, so then my dad's like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done with this shit. So he invited a bunch of his buddies over and they, <laughs> they stuck the hose into the gopher hole, turned on the hose and they all waited at gopher holes for all the gophers to come out. And they hit them all in the head with a shovel as they came out.
1: So what I did could, gets us canceled because it's quick,
0: painless,
1: and you're talking about beating rodents with a grain shovel. <laughs> Western Canada, where yeah, stand up.
0: Uh, but I terrible, I, I did, terrible thing terrible. for a, terrible, terrible thing for them to do.
1: I had, I had a lot. So because I was doing a little bit of driving around, spending some time in a truck, I had a, I had some thoughts today, Nolan, because I was in a truck that didn't have a an aux cord or anything like that. So we were listening to the good old fashioned radio and holy shit. Do you think Dallas Smith could be any louder? Like, do you think he <laughs> any came louder? Uh, yeah. Do you think he came out of his mother at birth and was like, your lips are coming alone. And it's like, why are you like Dallas? Why are you yelling so fucking loud, man? Chill I think out. it's,
0: I think it's because of from all those years in uh, default that he was like, that, he like he just can't turn it off.
1: He's just a he's just like, a, a, a rock yeah.
0: god. I think it's so funny how he goes from being like a dad rock artist to being a like a like a country artist that like that like young women absolutely love. Oh. And I just think that, that that's such an incredible heel turn. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about range for a second here.
0: <laughs> he's like a he's like a he's like a wrestling villain is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well but, Miles shall we get to the tasks at hand today? Yeah, at yeah. hand ooh, that was very that was very Saskatchewan when I came out there. Ah, uh, let's go bad. So hey, how you doing there, guy?
1: We're gonna be talking about a couple things here. Uh onion on duff.
0: <laughs> what? Was, Are you a horse? Weird. In a that was me hawking up a loo- that was that was uh, me hawking up a loogie on the bench. I
1: thought you were like I thought I was gonna have to text Taylor like Hey, can you go check on Nolan? Something's not right. Uh, wait, here's the plan for the day. We're gonna uh, gonna be going over the last week of regular season's Oiler games, uh, starting with the two against Moheia, and then the season finale, the return of Slater, <laughs> and then we are going to get into some Oilers pre playoff talk. Uh, just answering a few questions that we got from the uh, Instagram today, as well as just a few lingering questions and kind of storylines for uh, the end of the season for the Oilers and going to the playoffs. And then Nolan, after that, the behemoth that is an overall NHL playoff preview. We're going to break down each series, uh, look at who kind of do a break, a break it bracket breakdown and tell you who we think is going to be going out of the way.
0: That sounds lovely. I'm, I'm excited for this. This might be a bit of a long one. Well, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's get in. Okay, so I I must preface by saying I I did write little little summaries of all these games, but we all know these games do not matter. These games absolutely do not matter, and they are not important. (laughs) The only thing they are important for is for padding Connor McDavid's stats, uh, padding Tyson Berry's stats so that he can pad his wallet in the summer, Um, yeah, there you go. But uh, I mean, at at the end of the day, like these, it was entertaining to have Oilers hockey because any day we have Oilers hockey is, is good. But, um, yeah, there's just a whole lot of nothing really about these. Anyways. So the last game that we spoke about on the last episode, we, uh, we were actually mid game and it was the four, three Edmonton Oilers win over the Montreal Canadiens in which the Oilers uh, pulled it off, pulled off another, pulled off another nice win. Um, now that Connor's hit a hundred, it's just kind of like they're playing with house money at this point. So, um, what we want to look at is we want to see improvements from guys that are not Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse. We want to see the other guys performing. Uh, and we saw that uh, James Neal got a goal. Which we'll get to him and Alex Chase on and Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod gets his first NHL point. Round of applause for him. Congratulations, uh, Ryan. And man, that like that line is looking really, really, really good. And I, I like I like I said before, I'm I'm stunned. I'm I'm utterly uh, flabbergasted that I'm saying this. That a, a line with Alex Chase on James Neal and freaking Ryan McLeod are looking really good. Um, and then. It was funny in the last one we mentioned that Arturia Lekkinen had a goal that was waved off. Well, <laughs> not so long later, uh, Arturia uh put one in on Miko Koskinen, which I uh, liked. I liked
1: your, twi- I liked your tweet, Nolan. It was like uh, Arturia Lekkinen looks like Marcel Dion against the Oilers.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's true. He has like he has like seven points in eight games or something like that, and then every other team he has like one in seven. Nah. It's ridiculous.
1: Uh, McDavid scored the goal in overtime. He's the hero. Four uh, three dub for the oil. Good stuff. We like it.
0: Can we mention Duffy? though that goal that Lekkinen scored on Koskinen was it was a tough sight?
1: I don't recall. I do not remember. It,
0: was it weak? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> we'll just. We just. We'll try not to pick on Miko Koskinen. As well. Rico um, Koskinen. lose. Yeah, exactly. The next the next game after that was I don't know if you heard this before a four three Edmonton win in overtime. (laughs) Um, But uh, Neil McLeod chase on and and I and I was trying to come up with a name for it like the Raj line. I don't fucking know. I mean, uh, right?
1: Hey, I appreciate you trying, but I think you can do better. (laughs) I know, I know you can do better.
0: Oh, there's, there's definitely something that we could use. it could be like ran or something like that. I don't freaking know. Um, but they generate another goal, uh, Alex chase on scoring and another point for, uh, Dmitry Kulikov, our, uh, our favorite Russian oiler.
1: From Um, Russia with love, Dmitry Kulikov slapping pucks.
0: And once again, this game doesn't really mean a whole lot. I did not write much, write very much info for it, um, Cahoon scored in overtime. We love to see that. And it was from Leon. It was from Leon to, to uh Dominic Cahoon. So that's pretty nice to see that little bit of German chemistry coming together. Um, but they they need they need a guy like him to get hot in the playoffs, so we'll see how that turns out.
1: Get the later hosen out of the closet. The boys are bussing.
0: As for the game where the boys were not buzzing, yesterday's four one loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Ah. Which I have entitled this Cuckoo Kachoof. <laughs> uh,
1: that's good. That's one of your better ones.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Slater Cuckoo back in after 35, games due to, or after 35 games off due to a collarbone injury. Welcome back, number 20. We are happy to see you back. Uh, a, a guy that was a, a staple on the early episodes of One for One. So we are very happy to see King Slater back in full force. And to be completely honest, I didn't think he looked half bad. I think he, looked, he didn't look out of place. He looked pretty well all right. Um, once again, I was probably one of maybe like 20 people that were watching this game because it really just, it doesn't matter. Um,
1: well, and not to mention that it wasn't super uninteresting time for, what, for, for the majority of Western Canadian fans. It was like three in the afternoon
0: here. Yeah, well, it's, it started at 3.30 our time. Like, got, so so it was one it, it my was, time. Yeah. People got, but people I got will jobs. say what do you want us to do? What the But heck? I will say it was nice to like sit on the deck drinking a beer and it's like plus 30 out and or like plus 28 or whatever and you're watching Oilers hockey like that was that was nice. Um uh, something something that um uh Dave Tippett actually said after this game was that it it the the score doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is if the guys is that if nobody got hurt. He's like, if nobody got hurt, then that's a win for us. And he said, Nobody got hurt, so I'm happy. We're we gotta win and off to off to the playoffs. And I love that mindset because you can't go in and be like, "Yeah, I'm still going to play Connor McDavid 22 minutes a game because uh, you know I, I have to win this meaningless game against the Vancouver Canucks." So, um, yeah, I was happy to see that. But Thatcher Demko had a hell of a game. Margaret, um, it seemed like he was. It seemed like he was stopping everything. And the save on Alex Chase on may have been the save of the year <laughs> because I, I I don't I don't know if you watched the highlight yet, but it was a wide open net for Alex Chase on the power play and Thatcher Demko just stretched out his right pad and caught it so um, very nice to see very nice to see uh, for the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> um, and Koskinen with another uh, not so good performance but uh, stinky yeah a little, a little a little on the stinky side but uh will be back in for playoffs uh, and uh, knock on wood Everything, everything's all good with Michael Smith. Um, as for an, as for one final note on this, somebody did come back into the lineup because they did decide to dress. I believe eight defensemen might have been seven. I think it was eight. Um, the Tenteen Daddy, friend Evan the, Bouchard, friend of,
1: friend of the show, Evan Bouchard.
0: Yeah, once again, another guy that saw the uh, that uh, you know looked at the uh, looked at the story. On uh, Instagram. So very, very happy to see our King come back in and uh, play a very good game. And we'll get to the uh, stuff with Evan Bouchard and Tyson Berry coming right up. But uh, All right.
1: I'll wait. I'll wait for that. I have a Bouchard point, but
0: I'll wait. Okay. Lovely. We will do that. Um, so that's about it for the last few games. Um, I just kind of wanted to basically cut to the chase and we can we can talk about our overall thoughts on the season and playoffs. Um, now that playoffs are here I just wanted to mention like what are our ideal playoff lines because I think everybody has kind of has it all sort of put into place but the like for, for me I know that in my own personal in, like in my own personal utopia I have a certain lineup in mind that I would prefer to, t- that I would prefer to dress but then I also have the what would Dave Tippett do or like what should Dave Tippett do right so you okay. have to kind of you kind of have to take both into consideration.
1: Sure, let's do line by line what Nolan Miles and, and what what we think uh, Tip are gonna do. So first line, what I would like to do, what Miles would like to do, is Cahoon McDavid, Julie, uh, Jesse Pulley Jesse pod-
0: That's exactly what I would do, and, and I think that's I, exactly what Dave Tippett's gonna do.
1: Check. Second line, I want to see uh, Nuge, Dry, and Yamel.
0: I agree with that, and I believe that is what Dave Tippett is going to do. Perfect. We're two for two. Things are great. Uh, third line, and we talked about it a little bit
1: earlier, but <laughs> let's keep uh, let's keep the magic, let's keep the fire going here. Neil,
0: McLeod, and Chase on. I agree with that. I don't know if it's going to be in third line duties or fourth line duties. I really don't think it's going to matter too much to Dave Tippett, but I no. think that's going to be a line that he's going to keep. Okay. Okay. So, three Agreed. For three. Agreed. The boys yeah. are liking that. Yeah.
1: Fourth line. This sort gets a little hairy. This sort <laughs> gets a little greasy. Uh, I have Nygard, Kara, and Haas.
0: So, I don't think Haas draws in. So, no. it depends on the availability of Zach Cassian. Yes. So, it, realistically speaking, if Zach Cassian is available, you're not scratching Zach Cassian. No. Okay.
1: Um, I, I remember I 2017, see... Nolan. I was there.
0: Yeah, but I also remember last year I was there for that and uh, Cassian did not look too good there. But if Cassian is back and he's okay, then I think that fourth line could end up being something along the lines of Archibald, Haas, and Cassian. Which would be A-okay to me.
1: I would like to see that. I like Archibald. Um, I just want the fourth line to have some wheels. I want the fourth line to have a little bit of speed because I want it Mm -hmm. to be... Almost like that old World Junior Hockey Canada mantra, where it's like the energy line, where it's that fourth line that can go out, maybe provide a little bit of offense, but more or less is just gonna, you know, wallpaper you and and make the defense retreat uh, to get the puck and and you know grind them down with a little bit of physical play. So. That's yeah. what I like in the I fourth think, line for the playoffs. I think
0: with the, I think with, but I, what you get with Archibald though, is like you do get speed. Like he's a fast, he's oh, yeah. a fast guy. And, and Cassian he, is also like low key really fast too. Yeah,
1: And they, two guys that are very physical. They like to hit, they're not yeah. afraid to throw their weight around. So it, it fits perfect. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um. I think though, what they're going to end up going with is it'll be, uh, it'll most likely, unfortunately be uh, Josh Archibald with Jujar Kara and Devin Shore. Yep. I don't want to see Devin Shore in the lineup. I'm sorry. You
1: really, I'm you're just... really out on the on the shores, EA?
0: I'm not, I'm not out on him as a thirteenth forward. I'm out on him as an everyday player. Yeah. I just don't think he's an everyday forward. But if that's what Dave Tippett wants to do, that's what Dave Tippett wants to do. But I would say overall, our uh, th- I, I like to think that we're all in agreement. Me, you, and fake Dave Tippett.
1: Fake <laughs> Dave Tippett, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, let's <laughs> move on to defense, and this is where it gets gross this is where I had a lot of internal struggle and this is where I think there's going to be a lot of questions about what you're like you want.
0: the meme of you're like the meme of like the kid at like his desk and he's got like the veins popping out of his neck. Cause he's like <laughs> trying to hold it in.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: What am I do?
1: Um, so there's the, and I think this is a really good, uh, exercise in the one where we're going to talk about what we want versus what we're going to get because they're going to be two very different things. Um, First line defense, I want to see Nurse and Bear. I like the way that they play together. Um, I think that the way that um, McDavid plays with Bear or how Bear plays with McDavid, however you want to look at it, is very complimentary. Um, Darnell plays awesome with that top line as well. They're gonna log a ton of minutes. Uh, Ethan Bears looked a lot better as the seasons progressed, as his concussion has subsided. Uh, and I like that as as my talk pairing personally. I like the two of them together. I think they're good. That's what I want to see.
0: I 100% agree. I don't think Dave Tippett agrees with us though. No, I think it's fuck gonna no he's obviously, not. end up being <laughs> Nurse and, and Barry <laughs> as per fucking usual. Um, Tyson Barry, yeah, number I'm, one D man. Let's go. But you did you did nail it though. I mean, the thing that I like about and I think this is a uh, this is a bit of an issue that like. In the public consciousness, seems to I seem to have with like Darnell Nurse and how he's viewed is like Darnell Nurse isn't this like defensive defenseman that is able to cover up for all the mistakes? Like he makes a lot of mistakes in his own end, and that's like it's okay. Like he does a lot of other things really well. Like he brings the puck, he brings the puck into the offensive zone really well. Um, But I think Ethan Bear has that game where. He can activate, but he can also pull back and he can cover up a lot of those mistakes. And I just think that that just makes way more sense. And I think that's going to be next year's top pairing. Um, But for this year, I don't think that that's going to be it. But um, we'll get to who we are eventually going to see in our bottom two pairings. Um, Anyways, let's move on to uh, pairing two.
1: Pairing two. Uh, that I would like to see. So this has no bearing on what we think pairing one is actually going to be for Fake Dave Tippett. Uh I want to see uh, Kulikov and Larson. I want a straight up shut down number two pairing.
0: I'm not sure if I want to see Kulikov and Larson because, like, I do like the idea and like the, their their raw numbers have have looked really good. Um, or sorry, their their underlying numbers have looked really good. So. I I am I'm not I, like I wouldn't be mad about it, but I think personally what I'd rather see is I'd like to see Jones and Larson. Then you get that puck mover along with the guy that can play really steady defensively. So um, that would probably be my preferred option because I I. I if we're going to talk about who's playing with Tyson Berry down on the, on the bottom pairing, then I don't know if Caleb Jones is a really good fit because he makes a lot of issues. He makes up a lot of mistakes in his own end, but I might like, I think, I think Kulikov Barry could be a really interesting pairing, but anyways, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves, but um, I'd prefer Jones. uh, I'd in a perfect world, prefer Jones and Larson. But I think what you said though, with Kulikov and Larson is going to be, what is the, what is the pick?
1: Right. Third pairing, Nolan, and this is where it gets a little bit gross. I don't like my answer, but it's what I have, and I'm you sticking with it. You are not
0: about to say what you're going to say. What I think you're going to say.
1: What do you think I'm going to say? Because I'm going to say Tyson Berry and Slater Cuckoo play defense oh, together. Fuck. Okay, thank,
0: thank goodness. I, I was worried you were going to say Chris Russell and oh, Tyson no, Berry. No, sir. I say, Sorry, sir. I was going to say, um, where do you expect the puck to go?
1: So Barry and Slater, the reason why that makes me nervous is because that could be like, depending on the game that Slater is having from what we've seen in the small sample size this year, it could either be really, really good, or it could be full of mistakes. And Tyson Barry, we know how he plays a little bit of defense, a lot of bit of defense. Um, Yeah, that could be a pairing from hell come playoffs, or that could be like a sneaky productive pair come playoffs.
0: Yeah, like Slater Cuckoo one game looks like Jay bo Meester, the next one he looks like Cory Potter, so <laughs> it's tough to. <laughs> <sighs> That's the second Cory
1: Potter reference we've had on the show this season, and it makes me sick <laughs> to my stomach. Um, but
0: who do you but think we No, we're at? I don't. I, I you. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, so I I prefer in a in a perfect world, uh, Kulikov and Barry because I think that. Kulikov, despite the fact that he has, uh, as I've heard it before, it's like, uh, somebody made this, uh, but he has like one or two grade A giveaways a game, like fucking Norris level giveaways. Like, (laughs) we'll just send it off to the fucking, and you're like, I I almost, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, how does somebody think that that's a good idea? Um, But I, 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 know that it's gonna end up being Jones and Bear, which yep. is whatever. I just, I don't like the idea of Ethan Bear having to play a role where he's not playing twenty minutes a game. Like a lot of his numbers, and and like, I know that some of the fans on Oilers Twitter can be a little much, like with some of the shit that they're saying, like the whole oh, we should trade Darnell Nurse while his value's high, and it's, like, all going off of, like, underlying numbers and stuff like that, and then the whole, like, oh, Tyson Berry is actually worse with Connor McDavid on the, it's, like, or, sorry, no, it's Connor McDavid is actually worse because he's playing with Tyson Berry. It's, like, I don't know, man. I think the record and the statistics have not lied. I mean, it's, we can look at it a couple different ways, but, like, I don't agree with the, with the notion that, the, like, these guys are inherently bad players. I just think that there's certain schematic fits that maybe need to be addressed. But yeah, like I said, I, I'd prefer I'd prefer both Jones and Bear playing different roles. But I think when you're putting a couple of rookie, well, not rookie, but younger defensemen together, uh, it's gonna not br- it's not gonna yield the best of results. But I think it's good to you know. Put them in a role where they can work off of each other, and that that will ultimately make them better players in the long run. So, no. and uh, it's, I'm not, it's I'm not also, too too worried about it's it. It's
1: also tough because, like you like you were saying earlier, Ethan Bear's is a guy that like like is better when he's playing more minutes. And I think to the same, well, every good defenseman is like that, right? But it's it's almost like when you have the two of them playing on the third pairing, they're so hungry for minutes and they're so hungry for opportunities that it seems like they grip the stick a little bit too tight, and they yeah. make more poor decisions with less amount of ice time so it's something that you know obviously we don't like to see but it's what we're going to see um and i think that that second pairing is going to eat a lot of minutes if it is kulakov and larson i think that pairing is going to eat up a lot of ice time yeah so and i think it'll be uh,
0: interesting to see how much they actually get and i think this could also be like the the playoffs are a completely different animal and you know, it it gives a stage to some guys that maybe didn't have didn't have the spotlight beforehand. I mean, for all we know, this could be a breakout for Ethan Bear. Like this could be the, the like this could. I mean, he already was good last year, but this could very well be the portion of his career where people are like, "Holy shit!" Like this guy's a like. This guy's a future 21 well I guess he played 21 minutes a 20 min, 21 minutes a game last year but like this this guy is a, a guy that will be a consistent top 4 defenseman from here on out. So yeah, that's uh that's about it and then obviously Mike Smith starting and Miko Koskinen in, in the backup role which no shit. <laughs> unless uh unless you're coming in with uh Miles's hot take of the year but uh I was going to say I think he. I think you're probably going to agree with me. But um, any last things you want to mention on the playoff lines at all?
1: Evan, I wish you were here, buddy. I wish. I wish Boosh was playing. Actually, no, I don't. I wish Boosh played a lot in the regular season so that he could play in the playoffs. But I don't yeah. think it would be advantageous to just throw him in for playoffs and like feed him to the wolves.
0: I do think that next year he's going to be coming in pissed off, and I think. Because I don't gonna be know, mon- but the,
1: he's going to be a monster next
0: year. I don't know how call or I don't know how Calder eligibility works. If he's going to be eligible for the Calder next year, but if he's eligible for the Calder, I think he should be the odds-on favorite to win that. Because I could easily see him being thrown on power play one, and he just racks up the points. Because every time he's coming in, he's impressing, and uh, it's just.
1: Uh, more <laughs> more time more time per 60 with Connor McDavid especially on the power play is is never a bad thing for the Vegas odds makers so we'll have to keep that in the preseason discussion but i think maybe Nolan we should talk about the end of the overall season some of the underlying numbers and how the Oilers finished up in the shortened 52 game season are you okay with that
0: 56 game but 52 i did my fr- electric i did my- I did my big-time homework for this one because I wanted to I wanted to put things into perspective. Perfect. So the Oilers
1: finished the season with a impressive record of 35-19-2. Good for second in the Scotiabank North Division, 11th in the NHL, and going an impressive 7-3-0 in their last 10 games. I think if that is put on aggregate, they were close to like 100 and eight points for an 82 game season
0: yeah i mean i think a lot of people were like like when people were talking about like playoffs and what you need to like what number you need to hit in order to make playoffs a lot of people were talking about 30 like 30 should be like your like your number you want to hit so 35 i'm more than happy with that and uh I think the other important thing we need to look at is a lot of teams that go on playoff runs, go on long playoff runs, tend to come in and they ha- and they go on hot streaks to close out the year. And I think if really realistically, like if you subtract the last game against Vancouver, which really doesn't count, to be completely honest, like that's a team that basically went like eight and two. Like they're one of the hottest teams in the league. And We'll get into the um we'll get into some of the other sort of numbers that we have coming up here. But I mean, this team was seventh in goals for per game, twelfth in goals against f- per game, and despite their power play starting off at a miserable clip, and they weren't able to do anything, they finish off with the best power play in the NHL again for the second year in a row, which is incredible to see, and ninth in PK percentage. And with the PK. I believe they went like 24 str- like they went like 24 25 straight PKs without allowing a goal to close out the season. So knock on wood, that's pretty fucking impressive. Well, especially um, in the
1: playoffs when things are close and you know bounces are are so important, if your special teams are dialed in and you're killing penalties but you're scoring on the power play, you know, at uh, the at the rate that they are. That's an awesome tool to have in your back pocket, and that's really what separates the the teams that go on runs from the teams that uh, get the runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shit their pants. Get
0: it? <laughs> I got it. Okay. Um, since April the second, so I wanted when I was making up all these numbers and stuff, I wanted to do stuff where it was kind of last month or so but it was like a bigger sample size and obviously for that first half of the season they started off cold and then they got their shit together and they and they went on a bit of a run and then they obviously had the couple they had the few games against toronto where they kind of just lost their identity completely um but since april 2nd uh the team is 10th in the league in goals four per game uh seventh in goals against so they kind of switched around what like one of the biggest issues that i have with this team is they were leaking leaking goals on a regular basis to start off the season and they've been pretty well dialed in for the last month or so um and since the addition of ryan mcleod on april 27th and i know that i'm i might be putting a little too much stock into uh into a rookie with one point in like 10 games but he's generating opportunities and this goes to show the team's been third in the league and they've been outshooting the opposition finally for the entire season they were not outshooting the opposition and that was a, a, a really 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 big issue where they were beating they were beating teams like you know 4 to 2 but the other team had like 47 shots on net and they'd have fucking like 28 So it's like, oh, you're relying on bad goaltending performance from the other team, and you're relying on Schmitty to stop every puck that was in sight. So I'm happy to see that it seems that they've just been kind of fine-tuning their game. I still have quite a bit of concern about the bottom six and whether or not the bottom six can produce, Um, but we'll get into those other issues. But um, McDavid, 105 points.
1: (sighs) disgusting Uh, insane insanity this is where it gets even crazier mcdavid congratulations enjoy the art ross um we love you very proud of you leon dreisaitl very good season as well my friend 84 points who was third in scoring in the league
0: you mean on the oilers no in the league oh Uh, in the league oh uh fuck i i know this hold on uh, it, w- w- was it Marchand? I think so, and I believe he was at seventy points. No, that's right. Nobody cracked seventy points. Right. Nobody cracked seventy points ex- except for Leon and Connor. So you take
1: Connor out of the out of the equation here. Leon had a fucking fantastic season. If Connor's out, yeah. you take you take the Connor points away, whatever, all that. Leon still is probably class of the league in points. Great job. Proud of you. But that makes McDavid stand out even more in terms of the points that he put out there. Guy was an absolute mutant this year. Um, people are saying, and some people are me, uh, that's a 99-level performance. That's a Gretzky-level performance. Um, we've discussed this at length last episode that there's no stolen valor for it being only against the North Division. Um,
0: very, very proud of, of Mr. McDavid. So there was a... Um, I don't, are you familiar with the whole like era-adjusted thing that's been going around online Uh, yeah yeah so apparently um that mcdavid has the best era adjusted performance since you could pass forward (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so like yeah yeah like before that it was like buzz or some shit like that (laughs) like (laughs) whoever the the fucking old man hockey player was um but yeah i'm it's it's insane like i said like i said to you on the last show but it was like this is the best offensive season we've seen in
1: might be in my lifetime.
0: It, exactly. Yeah. In in my lifetime. Like I, I've i never seen anything like this and it does not look like he's going to stop. And I think that the fucked up part is that I think he's going to get better. Oh yeah. Like as, I think, as the team around I think, him think next, next season. Better? Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is like Ken Holland's coming into this off season now with like $25 million to spend. And it's like, all right, what are we going to do? Like, let's, like, like, let's see. So, um, we'll get into that coming forward here, but, um, Tyson Berry, 48 points. Uh, I mean, Tyson Berry, he did exactly what he needed to. Came here on a one-year deal, taking a pretty substantial haircut off of what he could have gotten on the, what he could have gotten from other teams. Came in, rebuilt his value, and I think that Tyson Berry is going to get a massive extension, or a massive contract in this offseason. Um, should we just should we just talk about the whole point Tyson I have Barry. later on? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Fini- according to Darren,
1: out. finish it out. Tyson Berry, forty-eight points. Darnell Niss thirty-six. Nuge, thirty-five in fifty-two games. Yeah. Good for the boys. Okay. Sorry to cut you off, Tyson Berry. Breaking news. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: So, according to Darren Dragger, who uh, mentioned it on Insider Trading the other night, that Tyson Berry is most likely to test the free agent market um in to to gather my feelings um i should say thank goodness because i like tyson berry i think in a world where the oilers do not have evan bouchard and we're in an in a ideal scenario where the oilers are not paying a substantial amount to other players on this team i would say yeah keep tyson berry um but at this point We know what Tyson Berry was brought in for. It was for, um, like I said, rebuilding his own value also to cover up the cleft bomb issue with him being out for the rest of the season. So it helps in the power play. And it was also just in case Evan Bouchard was not ready. Well, surprise, surprise, Evan Bouchard was ready. So at this point, I think the organization is going to put all their chips in on Bouchard And we'll let Tyson Berry walk. And to be completely honest, I'm 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 happy. I'm I'm happy to see that the that the team is not willing to overpay because the last thing I wanted to see was Ken Holland giving uh, Tyson Berry six by six, and then we're like, fuck. Now what? Like we can only have so many guys that are only good offensively on this team. Like you need to have some stability. And I I mean this is the this is probably the best season we've seen from an Oilers defenseman at least offensively since like Sheldon Surrey and some of the numbers he's been hitting are are is stuff that were like some of the cuz he finished first in league scoring for defenseman which is fucked like that's crazy you it, like you couldn't have rebuilt your value any better and um i mean he was he was among the league leaders and that was the first time since Paul Coffey so <sighs> Bon Voyage, Tyson, I mean, he still could very well be back, but I'm happy with what he did and with uh, the fact that he was first in points, but at the end of the day, like he got to move on.
1: Thanks for the memories, Tyson, you were really great. Uh, I think that a lot of Oiler fans have been screaming for Tyson Barry to the Oilers, at least I have, for like the past three, four seasons, like dating back to when he yep. was in Colorado. So Same here. Yeah, awesome to see that that dream finally came to fruition and awesome to see that he was successful here. But I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Evan Bouchard is ready. He's shown that. It's time to build a decor. That, well, they've had the pieces for a new decor for a while. And, like, uh, Bouchard was a D partner with Adam Bo- Boquist in London. And Adam Boquist is playing important minutes night in, night out for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Evan Bouchard is a better defenseman than Adam Boquist. Oh, much better, yeah. Like, in both directions of the game. So, when is the time to do that? It's now, sorry Tyson, you're the odd man out. Especially with all signs pointing to Clef coming back. Um, The D situation is already going to be kind of messy with the expansion draft. So, best not to give a guy a big deal (laughs) for a lot of money with a no movement and be forced to protect him, right? Think it's the right move. So, I think it's the right move for the team, and probably the right move for Tyson Berry.
0: The, like, so there there were a couple last points I wanted to make on Tyson Berry. Um, first off, the ideal situation is that Seattle signs him because if they sign him, then they use their expansion draft slot. So then, Oilers don't have to give anything up. Yay! Um, but the other thing is too, is uh. He almost reminds me of like Kevin Shattenkirk. Like remember when Kevin Shattenkirk got that massive deal from the Rangers? Yeah. 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 And so I think that's gonna be another similar situation where it's like undersized offensive defenseman puts up the points. Um it, team signs him hoping that that, that they get be like the a guy. Yeah, that he's yeah. gonna be the guy. And I think in the right role, he can work quite well. And I think that like realistically speaking, if you put him on a team that needs a, that needs like an interjection of, of some offense, um, you know, I don't want to put this, I don't want to, I don't want to put this on him or them as well, but like, fuck, I mean, I don't think he would hurt the Sabres if he was on the Sabres. Like I really don't. I think if you put him on the Sabres and you get him as like your power play quarterback, um, I think that could, that could, that could help out. Um, But at the end of the day, I, I think I also think too that the Rangers ironically could be a potential destination for him because I think James Dolan is now that he's more involved with everything, he might be like, You're willing to tell me that the leader in points for a defenseman is a free agent and we're not going after him. And then Chris Terer will be like <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Drayer will be like, uh yeah, um, so we're just not gonna do that, please and thank you. Uh you want to get fired, Drury? Then fucking sign them. <laughs> uh, since we're talking about free agent stuff, and then we'll get to just a couple more points, and then we'll get into the playoff preview. Um, according to Jim Matheson, the Edmonton Journal uh, 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 writer, uh, r- reporter, uh, Adam Larson is most likely going to sign a four-year deal worth $3.5 million per year with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, It doesn't say whether or not it's going to happen pre-expansion draft or post-expansion draft. I think a lot of teams probably have deals done with these guys so they don't have to protect them beforehand. Um, But I don't mind the amount, like the value, but I don't like the term. Once again, like I said in in the last show, uh, four years for Adam Larson is just, it's a tough pill to swallow because we already got burned on Chris Russell. Now, Adam Larson is a better defenseman than Chris Russell. <laughs> like he, he is much better than what Chris Russell was. Um, but I, it just it kind of worries me a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you look at it for because I, I saw people I saw people like complaining about it online where people were saying, "Oh, you're paying three and a half million dollars for a for a third pairing defenseman." Well, even if Adam Larson is on your third pairing, he's not really a third pairing defenseman. He's going to play pretty much every amount on the PK. So he's going to probably still get 20 minutes a game and 20 minutes, like three and a half million dollars for a guy that plays 20 minutes a game is not bad. Like I, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, you know, if he, if he ends up being like a Nicholas Jalmerson type where he's in his thirties and you're paying him three and a half million dollars, like that's, that's fucking, that's fine to me. Like that oh, sounds
1: all right to me. Not to mention he's a veteran presence in the locker room. Um, if you know, you have uh injury bug or something like that he's a guy that can play up a little bit if he has to and can eat up some minutes in a defensive role uh, not forever but in the interim so very hot abs too very hot abs too a naughty nordic boy so we're all about adam larson um i think he's about half a million dollars per season more than i would have liked but i mean no contract's going to be perfect so shouts shouts out to adam larson coming back um it makes the Taylor Hall deal not hurt as bad.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's that. that that's the other thing too. Is like, I feel like this is still going to be a debate that's going to happen every fucking day, and like, but to look at that as like, oh, the the Taylor Hall Adam Larson deal is like the worst in Peter Shirelli's history. It is absolutely not. No. Um, Peter Shirelli has done way worse, and way worse came like a year prior, like. I was thinking about this. I'm sorry to bring it up again, but like it just it completely boggles my mind. The fact that he traded the first rounder for Griffin Reinhardt is still and the second rounder for Griffin Reinhardt is still like I can't even believe it because now we're seeing Joel Eriksson Ek become a Selkie candidate and it's like even if they would have not taken Barzal and they took Joel Eriksson Ek, like they said they were or like it was reported they were going to then we have a good player on this team. Like, fuck, it just, oh, that just makes me so mad. I cannot believe they did that. Um, now we'll transition it to, uh, just some overall questions, I guess. Um, biggest surprise this season, Miles. um, I was going uh, to say somebody, but I think I'll leave him for you because I think he, I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, and I think um, anybody
1: that listens to this show is going to know who I'm going to say, so we might as well yeah. get it out of the way. Biggest surprise of the season is... Yes, a Harvey. A guy that we didn't know if he was going to come back to Edmonton. A guy that we weren't sure what he was going to be like playing in the NHL after missing a season in the NHL. Injury trouble, language barriers... All the question marks around him uh, to come in and score. What did he hit? Did he hit 15 or 16?
0: Uh, he's at 15. So no,
1: I think he hit 15. Yeah. Yeah. So to come in and score 15 goals um, to be a top six winger playing with Connor McDavid um, to be a guy that's brought, you know, uh light to the locker room, got a beautiful pop. Looks like he's got a life started in Edmonton. Um, If that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, I mean, check your pulse. That's fantastic. You love to see it. And I'm a big yes-a guy. Excited that he's back. Excited that he's thriving. Can't wait to see him work on his shot a little bit. Big, strong bitch. Uh, I think that he could be a nice surprise in the playoffs as well. I don't think his season is anywhere near done. So, yes a poole army is my biggest surprise of the season, and I am thrilled to say it. Does that fit the narrative
0: that you thought it was going to? yeah exactly you you got it um i like no, you no you got it <laughs> nolan <laughs> like you like you mentioned actually in the um uh sort of while you're talking there, i think he's going to have a massive playoff run like i think he could he could be potentially like five goals in the first round sort of guy and be yeah. like everybody's like
1: We'll talk about that one in a bit.
0: Okay. Who is your who's
1: your biggest surprise, Nolan?
0: Um, so part of me wants to say Mike Smith because Mike Smith has had he's he's come out of the fountain of youth. Um, but we've seen Mike Smith be really good before, so it's not all that surprising. And I just kind of got used to it at a point where I'm like, wow, okay, like Mike Smith, and like he had moments last year, and that's why like. Everybody got on, like, everybody got on Ken Holland about, about like, Mike Smith going into last year's, well, into the playoff or into the play-in round. And I thought he was pretty good for, for stretches of the season. But anyways, enough about Mike Smith because he's not my pick. It's actually a guy I just talked about. It's actually Adam Larson. Um, the fact that he has bounced back as much as he has to as late as... Like two games into the season, where I was ready, I was off with Adam Larson's head. <laughs> like <laughs> I had, I had a bounty put out on him, and uh, 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 all, all, all of the bounty hunters in my, uh, in my neck of the woods were all asking me about the rewards, wanted dead or alive. But uh, I've, I've been very happy to see he's bounced back and he's become one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL this season, and looking just like. Once again, a steady presence, very physical, still not the fastest guy, and uh, you know has his moments. But when you're talking about a guy that has low event hockey, you need guys like that, and I think it's very important to have to your locker room. So very happy with Adam Larson. I'm happy to see that he's seemingly bounced back. I hope this isn't just a contract year thing, but I think uh, I think we have a I think we have a sta a stable veteran that uh, we can keep in the lineup for. For years to come. Miles. Your biggest disappointment this season. Uh, I don't want
1: to. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, my biggest disappointment of the season is Kyle Turris. And the reason it is Kyle Turris is. Oh,
2: don't say those words.
1: Okay. The reason it's Kyle Turris is because I am disappointed in myself for believing in him. I am disappointed in all of us being so excited and so happy that Kyle Turris. Wow, what a deal. Why would Nashville get rid of Kyle Turris? He's a good hockey player. He can play a lot of minutes. He can be a leader for Jesse coming back. They played together in Finland. Do you remember the same city in Finland? Do you remember that? And what did he do? Come out and wear his stupid fucking sterling silver necklace and get COVID (laughs) and suck. Uh, Thanks for coming out. You're not even dressing for the playoffs. Um, Number eight, Kyle Turris.
0: Actually, uh, uh, hold on. I, I'm actually very curious to see how many points he finished off with. Cause I, I didn't write it down cause it was not even worth my time because he didn't play like the last, like half of the season, five points in 27 games. Wow. Yeah. love to see it.
1: Wow. Kyle, that's amazing. He's my I second
0: called. least favorite. Kyle. I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for Kyle. Taris, I'm sorry. Um, you know what? You know who I've actually... And this might be... I Because I, I want to sort of come outside the box a little bit. Because uh, um, as much as I'd like to say it's Miko Koskinen or it's Zach Cassian, because it could very well be either of those guys or... You know, but... Um, I mean, Kyler Yamamoto is another guy that's been a pretty big disappointment um, just considering how he finished off last season. Um, might be a bit of a hot take, but Caleb Jones has actually kind of disappointed me this season. Um, I know that I was just pumping his tires a little bit earlier, but I was expecting him to take that next step, and I think the whole organization was expecting him to take that next step. Like, they handed him a top-four role right away, and were like, do your thing, man. And he just... Sorry, there's something driving by. Okay, never mind, it's gone now. Um, and it was. it seems like time and time again giving away the puck for, you know, high danger opportunities and just not activating as much offensively as I'd hoped for. I think that there are games where he does look really good and he looks like he's that guy that's taking that next step. Um, but much like his brother Seth this season, it looks like they just kind of both took a pretty major step back. So well, they're, um, both, they're
1: both definitely affected by the change in the White House. I mean, there's some off-ice issues there that are <laughs> affecting their psyche. <laughs> Um, so it's got to be tough for the guys, you know.
0: Do you think they're Do you think they're going to get like the vaccine, and they're going to just they're going to be like mind controlled Democrats now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, neither of them are getting a vaccine. <laughs> it's oh, not FDA ab- abso- approved.
0: Absolutely not. When 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 Seth Jones was talking about the whole like the leadership group in Columbus is going to have a meeting with the Armokekaline, and they're actually like getting together and be like, "Yo, boss, we're not getting the fucking vaccine."
1: Yo, boss. Um, things that made you the most happy this year with the
0: Edmonton Oilers. Oh, what can I say? Uh, you're, every only allowed, yes, I Pull-
1: you're only allowed to pick one.
0: Every Yesy Pouli RV press conference? <laughs> Respect. Oh, just, just so happy. Even the last one, I took the screenshot of him when he's like, I can't remember what he said. It was something on the lines of like, uh, "When you have good shot, you score goals," and he like puts his hands up on the table like this, and it looks like it looks like he's in like a he looks like he's in like a sitcom, and he's just going, Yaffa, come on, <laughs> oh
1: Yaffa, you're oh, so Yaffa, silly. You're silly, and then there's like a like a weird like music <laughs> that plays.
0: Uh, welcome back to yes eh?
1: <laughs> I would i would tune into that
0: uh i'm gonna go a
1: little bit of a different direction than you here nolan um things that made me the the thing that made me the most happy this season and we've talked about it on the show a few times i don't think that there's another team in the nhl that's experienced the loss that the oilers have this year yeah um uh, from Walter Gretzky to Colby cave last season, Joey Moss, Joey Moss. There's been a number of, and in, I think we're missing a few as well. Um, there's been tremendous amount of, of sadness, uh, hanging over this, this franchise the past season. And they've had a few people that, uh, they needed to, to play for. And they, I think this season they really went out and, and, and did that and finally put to, to bed a few of the question marks that were around the team I know that this is early and that the playoffs haven't even started and hypothetically they could go out and lose four straight and be out in the first season, first round. Uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. But if it did, I think that this season is still something that you're happy with and this season you can point at a lot of, of uh, happy moments for people that really deserved it. So that's what really made me happy this season was that it looks like the guys are happy and that they're they're playing meaningful hockey for a lot of important people
0: yeah i this uh, that's very well said i i i i completely agree it's i think you know we, we we talk about how the regular season and the playoffs are two completely different animals and i think that I think this team has a lot saved up and I think that they're, they've been itch. Ever since they clinched, they've been itching to, to get this thing going into, to really come in like, and go full blown supernova. I think that there's a lot of guys on this team that want to be the unsung hero, if you will. Uh, and, we'll get to that because that's obviously one of our questions that we have coming up. But um, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with you. I, I, it's been, it's been nice to see these guys bounce back and they had a really, really, really good year. I mean, we predicted second in the second in the division uh, when in our, in our very first episode and um, suck.
1: Yes. these toes.
0: <laughs> they, they, they did that exactly. And that's, that's so, so incredible to see. Um, but to wrap everything up with Oilers and the 2020-21 NHL season, uh, give a grade to Ken Holland and Dave Tippett this season. So with Indiv- Ken Holland, obviously, yeah, just yeah, yeah, just both of them individually. Um, so with obviously with Ken Holland, brought in Tyson Berry, um, obviously hasn't got the new contract done. Was most likely going to let Tyson, or most likely let Tyson Berry walk. Uh, Mike Smith being brought back. Uh, Kyle Turris being signed, keeping Jesse Pulley, um Some good, some bad. Um, standing pat at the trade deadline, everything like that. So, uh, And then obviously Dave Tippett with his uh, various things. So give a grade to the two of them, Miles.
1: All right. Um, I am going to start with Ken Holland and I am going to give Ken Holland an A. And the reason I am going to give him an A, and I feel like that's a little bit high, uh, but I'm going to give him an A because of being able to get yesse to come back he played that extremely well um this season and last season and it's it's paid dividends time and time again so love that um hindsight is 2020 but the mike smith signing is beautiful maybe he knew something we didn't i hope he did i don't know because (laughs) in the off season i was ready to drive to ken's house and light it on fire Uh, Ken just had a
0: glass of whiskey and said fuck it call his agent let's get him back
1: (laughs) he just he sat there he saw Markstrom signs a six-year deal with the Williams swirls it takes a sip (laughs) fuck it call him (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the Smith deal uh, staying steadfast at the trade deadline at the time we hated and I wish he would have made a few more uh, pickups like we were talking about a top six winger Uh, but again I think maybe that was for the best and the uh, not signing Tyson Berry shows me that he has faith in the young guys that he's listening to the core and of the team and that he is looking at the future long term instead of just like what is the quickest immediate impact we can make so overall I would give uh, Mr. Holland an A
0: yeah I would I'd say a B plus and B plus is still a really good grade. um like you said, the Jesse Pogliarvi situation. He... Tell my dad that. <laughs> <laughs> as a, uh, as a 70s student all through, uh, all through everything except for English. Uh, I can attest to that. But the, yeah, like the way that he, the way that he held onto the Jesse Pogliarvi situation. I mean, that's a veteran GM taking care of that and playing his cards, like playing his cards. Right. Uh. So very happy to see how he how he how he held how he held with that um still i mean he he brought back a couple he made a couple of mistakes with regards to contracts um I'd probably put the zach Cassian contract on like last season, but once again in a in a now flat cap world it, it sucks but once again hindsight is twenty twenty It's the same reason why I don't get on Ken Holland for the whole andreas Atthemascio thing or the mike green thing it's like if a pandemic didn't hit, Andreas Athanasiou would still be an Edmonton Oilers because he would, he, he would have been qualified easy. So I think people are getting on him way too hard on that, and it's not really his fault. Um, as for like this offseason and the moves he made, I think what he did with the limited cap space that he had was really good. Um, Kyle Torres obviously hasn't worked out, and that's obviously unfortunate. He brought back Tyler Ennis, who has played pretty all right in sparing rare minutes, but... Uh, Kyle Turris obviously has not worked out and that's that's going to happen you're going to strike out on some of them Tyson Berry has been arguably the best free agent signing this team has had in 20, 25 years I mean <laughs> he, he's, he's been advertised he's been as advertised man uh, so good to see from that um, but standing pat at the trade deadline did not make me very happy especially because a lot of other general managers in this league were doing things that uh, were that 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 helped them move around the cap, and I think that when you have Connor McDavid, and Leon Draisaitl, you have to do something every year, even if it's not a huge move, you have to be able to do something. Now, he did bring in Dmitry Kulikov, so that's obviously good to see, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I try not to put too much of, of the cap constraint stuff on Ken Hahn because that's cleaning up for Peter Shirelli's dog shit mess he left, uh, so I don't blame Kenny for that, but like I've said before, Ken Holland, this off season is the, one of the biggest of his career and he has to make sure he is on it. Um, because this team needs to be a contender next year. So, uh, overall happy with Ken Holland, Dave Tippett. I would say if I'm going to give him a grade, this one's tough because I think Dave Tippett does get the most out of a lot of guys. He makes guys better. um, but I would probably give Dave Tippett a... I'd probably give him a B, to be completely honest. I think the way he's handled... I think he's just... He's made lineup decisions that are just so piss poor that they start to tarnish the great things he's done. Um, the way he held on with patience with Jesse has been was awesome to see. Um, and the way that he was able to... Um, the way that he was able to thrust some of these guys into much bigger roles um, is fantastic to see. But the way he handled Evan Bouchard, yikes. The amount of times he played Chris Russell over Caleb Jones, yikes. Uh, The amount of times he's played Devin Shore over Tyler Ennis, hard yikes. Um, So overall, I I think he's, like I said, he's, he's made guys better, but there's been some warts for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think the I think the B rating is completely fair. I don't think that he's a B plus, and I don't sorry I don't think that he did a good enough job to get a B plus, and I don't think he did a bad enough job to get a C plus. So uh, yeah, I think B is is right in the middle for the reasons that you said, uh, specifically lineup decisions, and ultimately it paid off with the Oilers having a great season um, and individual milestones left, right, and center, but what could have been if there was an ability for more chemistry to form and, you know, a lineup that was built a different way. We're happy with it, but we're never satisfied. And that is what being a hockey fan is all about.
0: And I don't think you should ever be satisfied.
1: No, sir. Complacency is the devil.
0: Because Connor McDavid is never satisfied. And we should all follow the logic of Connor McDavid.
1: Amen to that. Nolan, I posted a question on our Instagram here, and uh, we got a few responses. A lot of them are funny, um, but there was one that was serious. It's one more Oiler thing I think we should talk about, and then we move on to the playoff predictions. From Kung Fu Kenny D, we love this young man. Uh, What depth scorer needs to perform the most for the Oilers to make a run? Ooh, ooh. Uh, I think we should each give two because give one give one that i think we're both gonna say and then the second one as like a bottom six like Dak horse candidate so the one that is this
0: who sorry i just wanted to say so is this who we think will or is it who should that's a little so let's handle it that way right okay who who
1: should and who do we think it'll be Uh, okay perfect who should it be who should it be uh Good question. I think a lot of signs point towards Yese, and I hope it's Yese. That's kind of what we were talking about earlier. We don't think that he's done. Um, He's going to be playing on a wing with, uh, you know, McDavid and Cahoon. It's going to be a fast line. It's going to be an exciting line. And I think McDavid is going to get keyed up pretty hard. So that should free up a little bit of ice and time and space for him to do what he needs to do with the puck. So, I mean, top
0: six winger should be doing it. I think it could be Yese. I think, I think it should be Kyler Yamamoto because Yamamoto's been pretty quiet over the last little while. He did get he uh, believe he did get hurt, um, but he should be good to go for the uh, for for game one. So that's good to see. Uh, but if that dry line clicks and that McDavid line clicks, which it looks like they already are, Winnipeg's done. Winnipeg, you cannot do anything about it because we've been hoping for the dry line to get back together and to recreate some of that magic they had last year. For the Winnipeg Jets, god forbid that happens because that's essentially line 1. And then you have Connor McDavid on line 2, so enjoy that Winnipeg. Um yeah, I think that that that, that like if Yamo comes together because it looks like New just starting to get is, is starting to get it again. Um, which obviously we want to see Nuge do better. We all want to keep Nuge forever. Like, let's go. But it's it's so crucial that Kyler Yamamoto gets it together and he starts potting home some of those really important and really big goals. Um, do you want me just to go into my guy who I think will do it? Sure. I think we're gonna see a very big playoff run from. The
1: real deal, James Neal. So my pick is from the same line. I think that we are going to be calling Alex Chase on daddy these playoffs. I think he is going to be an absolute freak for some reason. He's just going to be
0: firing slap shots and sinking them every time.
1: uh, Ah, man, I think he's going to be a power play weapon. If that's the power play line that that, uh, Tip wants to run and it's him and not Neal. Uh, and even just playing with McLeod, I don't know, man, for some reason, you know, when it rains and your elbow hurts, uh, I feel like it's going to be uh, Alex chase on just being an absolute fiend on the season.
0: See with James Neal, he's got that twinkle in his eye. Like every time you see him either, either on the ice or in like an image, he has that, he has that goal score twinkle in his eye again. And it looks like he's recovered pretty well from COVID from everything that he would mentioned is like, apparently he felt like complete shit uh, for most of the season, but just recently since he's been on the, since he's been on the McLeod line and they've been generating opportunities. And I've been very happy with what I've seen from James Neal. And I think we could see like, we could very well see like Nashville, James Neal show up in this, in this playoff run. So if that happens and James Neal is playing at the, playing in the style of like a top six winger, once again, Winnipeg is totally boned.
1: Uh, At that point, man, you're not just worried about Winnipeg. You're, you're not just, you're not just sad for Winnipeg. You're sad for a couple other fellas. And I sad for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think Nolan, that that is the perfect segue into the playoff preview. Pew, let's Pew. go. We're going to be starting in the East Division here, uh, specifically the Mass Mutual East. One of my Mass least,
0: Mutual East. One once of again. my
1: least favorite uh, sponsors. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Penguins, number one seed, sneaky number one seed, uh, playing against the fourth seed New York Islanders. A series that kicked off this afternoon. Let's uh, take that bias out of it and break this down.
0: Wow. What a um, treat. Yeah, I I I I I love watching both of these teams because once again it's Sidney Crosby and his band of merry men. Oh, I guess also Chris I guess also like Chris Letang too, but um his band
1: of merry men and doesn't say uh Malkin.
0: Well, cuz Malkin could not be back for playoffs cuz cause, cuz cause with Malkin it's like flipping a fucking coin if he's injured or not. Yeah, fair. So, I I don't know. Um but I mean, you've got a team that's full of offense. Um, They've got a veteran coach, a veteran team, a lot of guys that have been there before. And you're going up against what I think is like a big time dark horse contender in the New York Islanders. Like they're, they're built for playoff hockey. They're one of the best
1: coach teams. They're one of the like best defensive teams. They match up really interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, is like, I, I like I I hear this a lot, but um, I can't remember who said it. But they they were like the star of the island because everyone says well, like the like the Islanders don't have a star on their team. Like they don't have like like their guy. Their star is Barry Trotz. Like he's the <laughs> guy that he's the guy that basically sells tickets for them. <laughs> so their um, their star is
1: that defensive pairing uh, with Pulak. If, like yeah, Pelican Puk. That team that D pairing is like if two guys could win the Norris, it's them. They're
0: Yeah, they're, they're like, they're, they're like, like their counting stats don't look great, but they're, they're on the, their advanced numbers are like next level. They're incredible. Um, but overall though, I, I like, I definitely like the Islanders a hell of a lot more in this series. Um, I don't trust, I don't trust Tristan Jari. I trust the defensive core on the Islanders a lot. I watched game one today and the depth they have going up and down that lineup, which on a side note, shout out Cal Clutterbuck for the fact that he signed a five-year deal and he is still on the Islanders and he's paid like three and a half million dollars a year and he's a fourth liner, like incredible. I it it it, it kills me every time I see Cal Clutterbuck still skating on the ice <laughs> and he's like, oh, this guy's on a five-year deal, um, but I, I I think that team is so deep they move their talent around so well. Um, you've got guys like. You know, Josh Bailey playing on the third line, and it just adds that like underlying bit of offense and the size. And they just, they, they, they crush you, they suffocate you. Um, Some people call them boring. They're a a little boring, I guess, but none, but they they win hockey games. And I think um, Varlamov and Sorokin, I trust them a hell of a lot more than I trust Tristan Jari and um, not would be, yeah, Casey DeSmith. Yeah,
1: I believe Casey DeSmith's their backup. Uh, also pretty cool that Kyle Palomary and uh, Travis Zajac both went Islanders' way this season. And if you go back to last season's trade deadline before the world shut down, uh, jean Gabriel Pajot from Ottawa, uh, the, the playoff phenom for the Sens that one time, uh, joining that team as well. So they lost Andrews Lee, their captain, to a torn ACL and picked up three large veteran presences. Uh, I think it's interesting the regular season series went 6-2 to the Penguins. Um, I don't know how much of that is surrounding like schedule makeup uh, because I think that they played the Islanders, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot more towards like the end of the schedule when the Penguins were like hot, 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 and the Islanders were kind of cooling down. So I think that that affected it a little bit more and may skew that number a little bit. Um but going back to a couple episodes ago when we talked about our Mount Rushmore, I'm never betting against Crosby. And I think that this is probably the last year for that course playoff window. I think they know that. And I myself am taking the Penguins in this series in seven games.
0: I got the Islanders in five. Damn. Well Yeah. They they swept the Penguins before, man. I I I really like that Islanders team. I think they're really, really, really good. So uh, I think they're just, I think that uh, like Mike Sullivan's a really good coach, but I I take, give me Barry Trotz over Mike Sullivan any, any day.
1: Yeah. So I mean, Hey, I, I, I think it's going to be a really good series. I mean, I think it's going to be a really entertaining series despite the boring uh, factor that's going to be around it. But I do think that this is one where Crosby's going to, Go a little supernova and and show, give the fans a bit of a show, and and take take a few games over and kind of will the Pens to a win.
0: Say Um, hey, remember me.
1: Hey guys, I'm Sidney Crosby, and I'm really good at hockey.
0: The second, hey guys, I'm Dempster's athlete,
1: Sidney Crosby. (laughs) Gatorade (laughs) athlete, Sidney Crosby. Reebok athlete, Sidney Crosby. Need I say more? The second series in the Mass Mutual East. Sees the number two Washington Capitals, or as I like to call them, uh, the Suspendables, playing against the (laughs) number three Boston Bruins.
0: (sighs) Did you like the Suspendables? that was that that, that, that that's was that's cloudy. Hey? they're 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 a problematic team man they're just full they're just full of issues so if it's not tom wilson it's of kuznetsov which apparently he might be out. available this off season <laughs>
1: exactly yeah so i was actually just gonna say uh my buddy ben and uh pull uh pickapalooza leader uh tanner from moose jar are both diehard caps fans so i've been kind of going back and forth with both of them about this series and getting their thoughts on it While another two of my good friends uh, Tini the science guy and Bon Hamilton are both diehard Bruins fans so it's interesting to see both of their perspectives here um, but talking to my buddy Ben yesterday uh, he was talking about Kuznetsov and apparently he's like terrible locker room presence and and, and to the point where Ovechkin uh, and this is from an unnamed source so who knows how true it is but apparently Ovechkin was <laughs> it's, like
0: it's your buddy Ben <laughs> no he like
1: Caps Twitter was saying um, oh, okay where Ovechkin went into the to the meeting with the ownership group and he's like I love my fellow Russians, I love them all, they are brothers, but Kuznetsov, bad for team, not good for team. I imagine that's how it went. Um, obviously, I wasn't there, but yeah, crazy. Send them
0: on Putin's jet.
1: <laughs> crazy that Kuznetsov might be available this offseason, and, uh, and uh, uh, Varlamov, no, not Varlamov, uh, Samsonov, their goalie, because um, yeah. both of them decided to uh, go and have a little bit of an outing an unsanctioned outing in New York. Go for a little party. Leave the bubble. That's dumb. Uh, so we got to see Vanacek start the game. Pull his groin. Get ripped oh, apart by Kelly here, Rudy for not being an athlete. And then, here the, goes Miles. and then the timeless Craig Anderson come in and clean up a dub. Uh, so that was game one on Saturday. We were treated to that. Uh, Miles, but, did
0: you know Craig Anderson is in his 40s? Uh, I
1: did, I think that was like the main storyline from him coming into that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that's that
1: was oh, fuck, Kelly Ruby. Like, Craig sarcasm. Anderson is in his forties. Um, old goalies. That's what's gonna be good this this playoffs, I'm telling you. Thirty nine and forty year olds, that's who you want in the crease. Oldies. Yeah. Uh just like the Beatles. Your music never gets bad. Um but let's look at this series a little bit closer, uh, Mr. Schumann. They tied actually four four over the regular season. Um how do you think it's gonna go?
0: Uh, I'd say, it's tough, man, because with Washington, you have, so like, you, I think the offensive firepower, I think what, like, what they can do offensively might outdo Boston, because, like, yeah, Boston obviously has, like, the perfection line, and then they also have, like, their second line that's obviously broken out quite a bit, but... What I trust Boston with is you've got Charlie McAvoy, who is easily the best defenseman in this series. Uh don't even get me started on John Carlson. And they've also got the goaltending advantage too. I mean, you got Tuka Rask and if you don't have Tuka Rask, you have Yaroslav Halak. So um I easily take Boston in this one. I, I I'd say Boston in six. Um just because I, I think that th- that like that that whole team is kind of pop together really well and, and I use this term when I was describing like the Oilers and putting like a putting like a top six winger in but it's like with Taylor Hall that, that second line just like snapped together really well and so the line with him Kreitchie and Craig Smith has been like one of the best in the NHL for the last you know three weeks or whatever so um, yeah give me give me Boston in six
1: okay so most of the points that you made I feel I, I feel conflicted in because I like directly disagree uh, I think that Tuka Rask is on the decline, and statistically speaking when we did our state of the tune if you look at Tuka numbers, he hasn't had a terrifically great season. Um, so I don't think that Tuka Rask is going to play as big of a factor in this series as people think, just my opinion. Uh, I also think that Washington, much like I said about the uh, Penguins, is noted, noting that their core uh, is kind of closing on their cup window as well, and is going to find another gear, but The X factor in this series for me is Jake DeBrusque. And the fact that he scored in game one uh, is very nice for them because he's had a bit of a stinky season, but is a very good player. And the fact that he was able to score a very big goal in the first game of the playoffs uh, might get a little bit of swagger back into his walk. And that's scary because if he turns it on, he he can really add some more firepower on top of perfection line. Uh, the hall line and and give them a third dimension to to their offense. But I again like the Washington Capitals in seven. I'm seeing two seven game series. I think that this is probably one of the deepest uh, playoff um, por- portions of the bracket. This Mass Mutual East Division, and I think that both of these teams are get both these series are going to see the winners get their shit beaten out of them uh, and, and limp into the next round. To, to meet an absolute titan in the final four, which is, yeah. <laughs> is tough. But I, I see I, I personally think Washington takes this one. That's fair. Um
0: the Central Division. Let's go to the central the central. D- Discover buttholes. The the Discover <laughs> Butthole Central Division. This first one I feel bad
1: talking about. Uh, it's the number one Carolina Hurricanes. The bunch of jerks playing against the Nashville Predators. Wow. Nashville. A team that Nolan said a few episodes ago wasn't going to make the playoffs. A team that I said a few episodes might not make the playoffs. Here you are. Good for you guys. Make the playoffs. (laughs) Welcome. We know a lot about hockey. Uh, Here's your prize. It's the fucking (laughs) Carolina Hurricanes, baby. (laughs) Storm surge coming. Uh, And you know what? You know what, uh, Nashville? If somehow you turn it on and you win this one, you get the Lightning or the Panthers. <laughs> happy Happy Christmas. <laughs> this
0: is uh, this is what I call the true David versus Goliath
1: story. <laughs> this is this is what I call game theory, but every outcome is a loss. Um,
0: um yeah
1: I, I I don't think that there's a I don't think that there's a portion of this between uh, forwards, defense, coaching, special teams, goaltending, <laughs> literally anywhere that I like the Predators over the Canes. The Canes are deep and dirty.
0: The only thing I can maybe make a case for is the fact that UC Saros has been, like, one of the best goalies in the league this year. And I know that Nedeljkovic has been fantastic for the Hurricanes, and Mrazic's been pretty good, too. But we all know that, like... Sorry. Jesus Christ. Sorry Um, I'm boring you. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) We all know that, like, You'd prefer to have like your 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 number your number one goalie going into the playoffs rather than like eh, it could be the either or. Um, now, with all that being said, the National Predators are, are 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 not not winning this series whatsoever. Uh, I, like you said, forwards decor there it's it's not even close. Like Jacob Slavin and Dougie Hamilton are. Two all world defensemen, and like Jacob Slavin, is so uh, he the only penalty he got this season, I believe, was a puck over the glass penalty, and that was it. Like he 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 is the cleanest, most gentlemanly defenseman. He should have the lady being named after him. Uh, but wow, uh, I, yeah, I know. Uh, I think that Nashville might take one. Just as like a UC Saros is standing on top, like is standing on his head. Caroline's put like 57 shots on Nicole, but like one sneaks past, like if one sneaks past like Nadalkovich or something like that. And fucking Cali Yarncroke is like, yeah, we're going to the cup final now. Uh, give me Carolina in five.
1: Give me Caroline in four. In the words of the great Marty Huggins, get your brooms because it's a mess. Funny, oh. funny enough, Nolan. He was running for Senate in South Carolina, so maybe he'll sneak up there for a game. Check it out. Uh-huh.
0: Wow, I, I'm surprised you remember it's Senate in South Carolina from the from the 2012 film The Campaign, starring uh, Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. Dude, that is one of the funniest movies of all time. It uh, is. I will admit. Okay, it's, it's, it's not. Great. I don't know. It's I don't peak... know about funniest movies of all time, but Dude. it is real. It's it's underrated.
1: It's very underrated. Yes, it's peak yes. Zach Galifianakis, and like. Very end or like very beginning
0: of the, the decline, joke. Will Ferrell. The joke where they call him tickle shits is so funny. <laughs> like they used to call him tickle shits back in <laughs> elementary school. Those those are the rules.
1: Uh, those are the rules. My son calls you daddy. I fuck your wife. I live by that. Uh, speaking of uh calling You daddy, we have two, I don't know, fuck, I was trying so hard. Uh, The number two Florida Panthers facing off against the number three Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow, what a treat we are getting in these Stanley Cup playoffs to see these two absolute behemoths play each other. Uh, I'm really excited for this one, Nolan. Uh, It was a 5-3 series uh, in the season uh, going the way of the Panthers. But obviously, uh, since, since that time, there's been a few additions and subtractions of some very notable players. Most notably, uh, from the Florida Panthers, they lost uh, stud, emphasis on the stud, defenseman uh, Aaron Ekblad. And the Lightning gained two players in Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Uh, so to be expected that they'll be in, available for this series. Um, so that... I'm going to get into it right away, is why I like Tampa in the series. But tell me what you're thinking.
0: So, okay, first and foremost, the very, number one thing I'm thinking about when it comes to the series is what you just alluded to about 20 seconds ago, which is Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. I am so sick of seeing people online bitching about the Tampa Bay Lightning and their fucking cheating and all this stuff. You know what? It's called cap circumvention. They know their way around the cap. If they want to throw if they want to throw their fucking MVP on IR for a year because it just helps with their cap situation, let them do that. They're literally not playing their best like one of their best players all year just because they want to work around the cap. So, I'm sorry if you don't like it, be better at hockey. I'm like sorry, it's it's just the way it works, but very cool to see that Steven Samkos and Nikita Kucherov are magically back. And as I actually checked the score, Nikita Kucherov already has two goals. His very first he's, game of the season. Oh,
1: he's nasty, man. He's just been, <laughs> he's just been marinating in Mother Russia, uh, doing nothing but shooting pucks and drinking vodka. I am um, saying Lightning in six. Discussion. Okay.
0: Panthers and seven.
1: Oh! <laughs> wow, well, no, wizzle. You think the goaltending factory of uh, Florida is just gonna? What are they? They, they, they can't. Dr- they can't play night. Uh <laughs>
0: Bobrovsky Vas- and Dredger at the
1: exact same time you Vas- know that. he's
0: been bad for the last like month you're bad Vasilevsky's a workhorse Hedman has been bad for the last month because he's also been like extremely injured like David Savard has not been good since they got him um I just I think there's some I think there's some magic to this Florida team, man. And I think Coach Q coming in's like, you know what? I wanna go on a I wanna go on a run. Let's take down the defending champs. And defending champs usually go down in the first round, so
1: I picture Victor Hedman and uh, Vasilevsky kind of like uh, Adam Sandler in his star role as you don't mess with the Zohan, where he's gonna be like, <laughs> Okay, let's go. And they're gonna they're gonna come out and they're gonna play really hard and they're gonna win six games. That's how I see it going. But either <laughs> Where way, did you go with that? Sorry, let's go <laughs> then. Uh, so either way, I think that we as hockey fans are in for an absolute treat in this series. Um, there's gonna be some like it's and gonna be a snack. It's gonna be a snack. It's gonna be hummus and pretzels. Uh, that's a little Zohan joke. But. Doo-doo-sh. I think especially us as a largely Canadian li- uh, listener group watched a lot of North Division hockey this year and maybe didn't get to watch that Discover Butthole Central Division much. Uh, the Florida Panthers are fucking good. The Tampa Bay Lightning are fucking good. The Carolina Hurricanes statistically are, are, fucking better, good. are better than both of them. So whoever wins this battle uh, and gets to play uh, tap or gets to play Carolina in the second round. Again, we're getting an absolute treat. We're getting some very, very good hockey. I cannot wait.
0: I love watching Alexander Barkov, and I just think that this Sasha. just adds to. I, I think this just adds to it. But yeah, this is probably the best, the best series of of the first round, despite the fact that the Oilers are playing in it. But um,
1: let's move on to we move the, on to the Honda one? West.
0: Would you like to move on to, on to sounds words? good? That sounds that sounds wonderful.
1: Thank you. Um, the number one seed, President's Trophy winning, <laughs> is, Nathan McKinnon led laugh. <laughs> Colorado Avalanche, are going to be facing off against the number four seed, St. Louis St. <laughs> Louis poos St. Louis poos. <laughs> Jordan Bennington, you f- be a nervous pal.
0: <laughs> you scared Jordan? Dude, he's gonna be he's just gonna be looking into like the zoom camera. cameras like do i look nervous as he's like got buckets of sweat on him he's just like thinking about nathan mckinnon and miko Rantanen.
1: do i do i look nervous well you've had the runs for three weeks uh, <laughs> <laughs> your, your suit is wearing you you look ridiculous oh, surprisingly no, nolan so. a 5-3 regular season series for the avalanche um wonder what happened there. But I don't think that that is going to be the tale of the tape. I think Colorado is mammoth good. Uh, I Again, like we were saying about the uh, – was a rant about the Hurricanes and Predators series. I don't know if there is a facet of this series that I like the St. Louis Blues more than I like the Colorado Avalanche. And, yeah, I think get your brooms. It's a mess. Marty Huggins is representing the state of Colorado now, and it is going to be the
0: Avalanche in four. Um. Are you a uh, are you a big fan of uh, are you a big fan of in- industrial equipment, Miles?
1: <laughs> well, Nolan, I sell tractors for a living, so you could <laughs> say that, yes.
0: Um. Are you familiar of Grav Labs? Like GRV labs?
1: I, I'm not, but I hope that you'll tell me about it.
0: Oh, well, they... uh Oh, no, that's a that's a pipe. Fuck, that's not what I wanted. God damn it. When the joke doesn't play. I, I was trying to say that's a brand of steamroller because the apps are going to steamroll the St. Louis Blues. I thought you were going to um, go
1: bulldozer out. But Steve Roller is um, even yes, better. I
0: want, I want them to flatten them. Like, that's what's going to happen. Is like Ryan O'Reilly is going to be, instead of him flattening a Tim Hortons, he's going to be flattened by Nathan <laughs> McKinnon.
2: <laughs> wow! 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 Wow!
0: I'm sorry. That
1: was an underrated joke. I hope people at home got that. That's fucking right. Um,. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here that it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, abs and four. <laughs> abs and four. Moving on. I need a double-double. We've got the number two Vegas Golden Knights against the number three Minnesota Wild,
0: led by their... Second best, second best series in, in this playoff
1: run. Easy. Sneaky, sneaky good playoff series here. Uh, Nolan, if I was just to ask you, you're a guy off the street, uh, who do you think won this regular season series?
0: Uh, I know it's the, I know it's the wild.
1: Well, humor me.
0: Oh, sorry. If I was a guy on the series, if I was a guy on the street, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I watch a little bit of hockey. But I, I know, I know, I know the golden Knights are good. I, I'll, I'll say the golden Knights. Well, you'd be wrong. No one, that's, what's crazy.
1: <laughs> it, it was five, three for the wild in the season series. Somehow they just, they match up against them so well. Um, wow. That's awesome. Thanks for playing along with my joke. Uh, so yeah, uh, to the, to the untrained eye, you'd think that this is one that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are going to absolutely run away with. But the Minnesota Wild, uh, a resurging team with uh, Kaprizov and a nasty little goaltending pairing and a few good two-way players and a half-decent decor are actually pretty darn well good. Well-coached. Well-coached. Yep. Very well-coached. Yep. Um, so this is going to be a really good series, Nolan. What are your thoughts on it?
0: Well, first off, Mini could be a sneaky Jack Eichel destination this summer, which would be pretty disgusting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this has the potential to be like maybe either like the best or one or the second best series of this opening round. Uh these teams, for some reason, always have fireworks go off when they play each other, and it was exactly that uh, in Game One today, which the Minnesota Wild took one nothing in overtime. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a goaltending. It's really like this series is going to rely on like a lot on goaltending, and it's like if Cam Talbert or Kapokkainen is are, are going to be those goalies. Um, Cam Talbot had a shutout today, so. Um, Shout out our boy, Cam. Cry. Cam and Kelly, we love you. Cries an oiler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oilers and I mean, legend.
1: Single season he, wins record holder. Yeah. Somebody,
0: I was listening to something and they were like, oh, when was the last time that we had a, that we had a performance like, like what Mike Smith is doing? It's like, oh, I don't know, like four years ago when Cam Talbot did it and he was like fucking basically played every goddamn game and then was still really good in the playoffs. Like, what a what a season from from Cameron Talbot.
1: You know what? man? But, I'm sad that he's not an Oiler anymore, but I'm glad that he regained his form, and I'm very glad that he didn't regain his form in Calgary.
0: The thing with the like with the Golden Knights is that when they're all on, they are unstoppable. <laughs> like you're gonna have Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson. Um, I mean, for and then like. Alex, Shea Tuff, Theodore, Stevenson, yeah, like Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, and then not to mention Mark Andre Fleury is having the best season of his career, and which Zach, is crazy to say. Zach
1: White, White Cloud is a sneaky good defenseman, rookie as well. Like that team, yeah. that team is built. That team is strong. Yeah, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota I, might not have like the household names that they do, but no. Minnesota sneaky. Pairs up against them very, very well.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think about what this kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of like, um, God, I want to say it. Fuck. I'm trying to think about it right now. But it almost reminds me of like that, that sort of like what Edmonton did against Anaheim, except Edmonton should have won that series because Anaheim fucking cheated. But, um, but like, it was like this young, exciting, fast team coming up against like the year after year contender and i think that's exactly what this is going to be like minnesota has a hell of a future in front of them and it's gonna be incredible to see where this goes next um but ultimately i think the fun run of minnesota ends in the first round because vegas is built to go all the way and i think that we're gonna see uh we're gonna see vegas take it in sorry Vegas is built to take it all the way. I said that. Uh, they're, I think they're going to take it in seven. I think this is going to go seven games.
1: Well, Nolan, it took us a very long time to get here, but we have our first agreement in game and series. I think seven yes. games for the Vegas Golden Knights. They are, I'll give it away, my Stanley Cup pick. So they got to win the first round. That's
0: all I got to say. Oh, I thought it was. The, I thought it was the Lightning.
1: People change. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, okay. Anyways, moving on. What's the, yeah, there, there's, or no, Do we get both? We got both of the West ones done already, hey? We're going to the
1: North-North, Scotiabank-North division. So let's start it off, Nolan. The number one Toronto Maple Leafs are playing against the number four Montreal Canadiens. Now, it should be no surprise to anybody on that listens to this show that we hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. We do but the only thing speaking for myself nolan that i hate more than the toronto maple Leafs is seeing the province of quebec happy <laughs> so i hate the montreal canadians more than i hate the toronto maple Leafs.
0: Mm. i don't know man leaf fans are so goddamn American obnoxious for this
1: series i i hate them i
0: hate them <laughs> Dude, the, the, like like Leaf fans are like rats. They're just everywhere. They're like roaches. You find them everywhere. You, 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 you just don't suspect it.
1: It's a Venn diagram. um, Or no, it's the meme of the two really jacked guys shaking hands. And it's like Leaf fans, <laughs> people who farm with John Deere, being obnoxious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go fent all the way, right? Let's go, baby. <laughs> uh, um, a 7-2 series,
1: Nolan, uh, for the Maple Leafs. The Habs didn't even show up. Weren't even there. Weren't
0: even around. Leafs were a bully.
1: Leafs were a force.
0: I uh, I still think that... Okay, I think the Leafs are going to take this, obviously. But I think the Habs are going to scare their shit out of them. Yeah? <laughs> I think there's a couple of... I, I, and the only reason why I think this is because Mark Bergevin so obviously built like an anti-Leafs team in the offseason that it's just like, you know, he he wants the Maple Leafs. He wants that specific team. He's like, no, I don't want anyone else in this first round. Uh, Freaking Edmonton, frig off. Winnipeg, no, want want none of you. I want the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't care if we lose the second round in four games. I want to win
1: round <laughs> one against, against yeah. Toronto
0: yeah, I want to send that. I want to send that that bookkeeping nerd Kyle Dubas back to fucking <laughs> Sault Ste. Marie.
1: Ah, uh, but...
0: actually, Nolan, if
1: you uh, triangulate uh, the shot from, mark. from from, <laughs> from uh, Austin Matthews to the top shelf, he'll beat Carey Price up on on approximately eighty seven point sixty nine percent of scoring chances per sixty minutes. <laughs> oh no, my glasses. <laughs> Hey, Kyle Dubas. Could you imagine what his, his GM-coach relationship was like with Mike Babcock? Mike Babcock. <laughs> like, hi, Mr. Babcock. I'm, I'm the GM Kyle Dubas. I just want to talk about what your roster makeup. Of- Shut the fuck up and give me a Coke.
0: Dude, the the, the fucking uh, Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubas thing is like the classic, uh, uh, you know, guys put in like guys put in 40 years with this company and he's like a he he works in like a he works in like an industrial complex and then this like young hotshot fucking manager they found off of off of uh off of like zip recruiter comes in and he's like 35 years old it's it's
1: ben wyatt and ron swanson without the leslie nope yeah, to keep them tied together <laughs> so they hate each other
0: oh man yeah um I mean the Leafs are just really good. They are uh, pretty much every statistical category they're among the top anywhere from top 3 to 5 in the league. So and Austin Matthews is Austin Matthews, uh Mitch Marner is Mitch Marner. Um yeah, TJ Brody, I I got to give them a lot of credit. He's been he's been perfect for them. He's been absolutely perfect. If you want to pick like best free agent signing of this offseason, it might be TJ Brody, because of just how well he's fit on that team, so um, I think it's going to be Leafs in six I think that the Habs can sneak out a couple, and it's going to be off of the back of, like, Carey Price saves, like, 50 shots, even though he lets like, five goals in, but like, fucking Jack Campbell allows way too many, and that's the only other only other, like, bugaboo with the Leafs is, like can Jack Campbell it like, is that a guy that you want in the playoffs. And if so, if you can't run with him, then you got to go to Frederick Anderson or you go to big save Dave. And I don't know, as a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, I would not suggest going to that option. <laughs> so. Um, okay.
1: I think that it's not going to be that close. I think the Leafs are going to win at five. Um, I just think that Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Foligno, Simmons, Storden and, uh, Spett, uh the resurgence of Alex Galchenyuk, Zach and, like fuck, like that's disgusting <laughs> forward group. Um, yeah. TJ Brody, probably one of the best off, or probably one of the best uh, free agent signings. I'm not sure if you just said that or if I'm. I did, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, unbelievable decor. We're saying the exact same thing, um, but I don't think that the Habs do it. I think Carey Price is also on the Tuca Rask trend, and they sneak it out in five games. Maybe they win one. Maybe they sneak one out Montreal. Maybe they play hard. But, uh, Toronto, CN, See, the, CN, the CN, Tower, reason CN Tower is coming down if you win the cup. It's not That's a terrorist a threat. That's just like everyone's okay. going to go insane. <laughs>
0: it's going to be like the Drake Views cover, but it's just going to be every fucking person in Toronto is like sitting on the CN Tower. Yes. Right? Yes. i will go with that. Um, yeah, they're they're yeah they're they're really good. I just the way that I see it is I see Montreal taking game one and then Leafs take game two and then Montreal takes game three and then the takes start and then that's where it's like is Austin Matthews that good of a player is oh. uh, is Kyle Dubas on the hot seat? N- Noodles and o dog would never would never oh. bite the hand that feeds. Yeah. The fucking O dog is gonna be is gonna be shouting into a microphone. You can't win, This the and it's just gonna be it's just gonna be a bunch of nonsense. It's like I I, it's why I hate like TSN. It's like oh we're gonna do these like these like hot takes as if we are not Leaf fans. It's like you're just, <laughs> you're just Leaf fans. If you want to fucking gloat about the Leafs, go gloat about the Leafs. I don't I don't give a shit, man. Like whatever. Hey, did um, you hear?
1: Did you hear what Jeff O'Neill said when he walked into his building's parkade the other day? No. He said, "Lot of pigeons."
0: <laughs> get off
1: the fucking zoo! <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lot of well, pigeons Miles.
0: <laughs> shall we get
1: to it? We shall, in the whistle. Uh The last matchup in the Stanley but Cup. certainly not playoff. least and certainly not least is your Edmonton Oilers against the number 3 Winnipeg Jets. A regular Please join se- the National
0: Anthem singer Robert Clark for the singing of the of O Canada.
1: The regular season series Nolan was <laughs> 7 to 2 for the Edmonton Oilers. I didn't think it, I knew it was, uh, I knew it was oiler favored, but I didn't think it was seven 2 oiler favored. So, uh, and the words of the, uh, leader of the Kazakhstan, um, tourist committee, "They're
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, so with this series, I think, uh, I think that it's, it's very much in Edmonton's favor. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for, for one. I don't think it's as much of a uh, of a of a cheeks clapping as somebody as, as some people make it out to be, because uh, I I do have concerns about the forward core of the Jets lighting it up for a couple of games or Connor Hellebuck standing on his head because Connor Hellebuck has not been good against the Oilers, but um, as we've said, playoffs are a completely different beast, so it remains to be seen. But I think at the end of the day. The the Jets are a terrible defensively, both from their D core as well as their forward core. Um, I I hate Mark Shifley. Like I actively dislike Mark Shifley. Um, Probably my least favorite player in the NHL because he is a, uh, a quote unquote gamer, but yet does not like to play in his own end. So I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Um, but yeah, I I think that this is just going to be Connor and Leon feast. Because I don't think they have, a, a, they don't have a very good defensive structure to take down or to get rid of either of those guys. Um, and then I think, once again, the bottom six has to come together. But if guys like James Neal can get hot, oh, watch out. Um, I will say Oilers in six.
1: Very cool. Um, very interesting. Very much Agreed. Um, so much so in fact that I would agree with you in saying that it will be Oilers in six games. Um, I think that the Oilers are going to do their classic like clapping in a few games where it's just going to be like seven one or something stupid like that. Yeah. Uh, and then are going to come out the next night and lose six to two. <laughs> you know, yeah something, yeah, something stupid, right? Like something where they yeah. just like don't have. Their Tyson feet-
0: Berry is going to have a fucking brutal turnover, and yeah. I'm going to go. Why is Bouchard not in the lineup? <laughs> they're they're going to
1: come out with their feet flat. They're going to get caught off guard, and it's going to spiral, and it's going to be the way she goes. But uh, I, I do think that the Oilers are going to come out of this overall pretty easy. I hope. Uh, I think. I believe. Uh, and the reason a I believe that, Love. and a thing called Connor McDavid, uh, but the reason <laughs> I think that is because I'm looking at the Winnipeg Jets defense, and I just want to say a couple names. Just a few here. Uh, okay. Josh Morrissey, fine. <laughs> oh, okay, very okay. That's like a Big Mac. It's like yeah, it'll do, but like it's not, it's not God tier. Uh, Neil Pionk, looks like he stinks. <laughs> looks like he smells. Uh, Logan Stanley, great brand of uh, tape measurer. Terrible defenseman. <laughs> Tucker Pullman. Uh, when you like the local pool a little too much and it becomes a part of your personality, <laughs> Derek Former. also just
0: sounds like an EASHL character. Yes. Like Tucker Pullman is like the name of like a fucking manually generated player in NHL, very or much an auto-generated so. player. Sorry.
1: Yes, uh, or like the inheritance, like the beneficiary of like a house in the Hamptons who wears like a white uh, a white polo and then like a pink cardigan tied around his neck and he's like have you tried the cap have you tried the crab cakes <laughs> They're to die for uh <laughs> next name up here nolan Derek forbert former calgary flames standout uh any team that is dressed in the words of flames fan kyle any team that is dressing Derek forbert as a defenseman is not a team i'm worried about sammy niku <laughs> um naughty nordic A Finnish boy with a a great head of hair, but disappointing as a hockey player. (laughs) Jordy Ben, great beard, but but you and your brother suck. That's
0: it. Connor, Leon, feast. (laughs) Go to town, my friends. You're among friends at Winnipeg Pizza.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I snuck in my Stanley Cup pick. Uh, Nolan, who's yours?
0: It hasn't changed. It's Colorado.
1: Colorado. That's going, to be a, that's going to be a hell of a second round series, man. That's going to be an absolute hell of a second round oh. series. Colorado, Vegas.
0: I think, oh man, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr are going to be possessed. <laughs> it's going to be fucking stupid.
1: It's kind of scary though that if, if our boys uh, come out of the second round and, and shellack the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, that their prize is... One of them is Vegas or Colorado.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine though, if they just came out and they just go on this like Cinderella run and, and Ty- they just like Tyson-
1: Colorado, Tyson Berry goes past the Colorado bench with two birds out. <laughs> That's his goal celebration. He takes the Andrew Ferentz to a whole new level.
0: Tyson, Tyson Berry wins a Stanley cup before Mark stone and fucking Nathan McKinnon. Stranger Yowch. things have happened. Um, Nolan,
1: very important question. Which yes. threads are you going with for game one? Game one Wednesday. What threads are you going, going with?
0: with uh, going with what I've been going with for the last little while. Uh, Royal blue Leon. Beauty. I love it. Uh, I am going, what about
1: you? I am going to be following suit in the reverse retro Leon.
0: Oh, I need a reverse retro so badly. Uh-oh. And they're and they're and they're done with the reverse retro now. They officially retired it. Yeah, I, I know. I heard about that. So, so uh, Oilers, please uh, bring back the reverse retro as an alternate next season. That would be lovely. And then uh, you know maybe go royal blue regular home, and uh, you know we can uh, make that work. You know that'd, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah, no I'm excited. I'm gonna get a fat pizza a and thick
1: pizza. Regina thick or like East Coast thick.
0: Uh, well, it's gonna, it's gonna end up being from, uh, my, uh, favorite, uh, pizza place in Newcastle here, but, uh, I'm not gonna give away for free ads because, uh, you know, they can uh, sponsor the show if they want to, but, um, yeah, I, I Italian style pizza. So it's, it's gonna be really good. I, I gotta make sure I pick up a bucket of ranch too. So I got some ranch to dip it into. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I can hardly, but I'm, con- I'm very excited.
1: I can hardly contain myself. I'm very excited uh i'm looking at the time on this episode we hit
0: uh 150 we're pretty good
1: damn proud of us but nolan i think i am all out of things to say i'm excited for the playoffs i think playoff nhl playoff hockey is like some of the best sports you get to watch and these playoffs we are looking at some absolute beauty matchups
0: i'm very very excited for them i can't wait yeah, I, I can't wait to. And it's uh, actually, let, let's check the score in the Florida Tampa Bay game because I want to see where they're at right I now. I think it's still 3 2 at the start of the third. 3, th- three 2 Tampa Bay? Champa. Hold on. Hold Once um, the. Uh, oh, I guess it's still in the intermission. Oh, gosh, no, God. No, it
1: is 4 3 Florida.
0: <laughs> let's go. Uh,
1: I ain't worried. Uh, oh, Dave, my Dave, God. Dave's son Owen scored. Uh Jean-Arthane <laughs> score. Uh, so that's it. I don't know. We'll see what
0: oh, happens. And the, and 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 Florida Sam. Florida Sam has two. Florida two Sam, assists.
1: baby. Let's go.
0: I listened to his interview on 31 Thoughts, and he just sounds so happy right now.
1: Dude, 31 Thoughts. I wish that they would call it like spell it like T-H-O-T-S. And, <laughs> it's just it, elliot friedman just listing the, off a bunch of like no it's elliot Friedman the picture is just elliot friedman with a bunch of girls like i think that would just be really <laughs> funny i don't know what I, I think that's a meme that needs to be made
0: it's just like it's just like him it's just like him telling an individual story about like a puck bunny
1: <laughs> so i was in uh i think of a really <laughs> gross city i i i was Anyone, told a any- story
0: about stratford ontario and uh the young lady that was from there and she was uh, really into Aaron ekblad
1: <laughs> this is this is one for anybody who's a charles barkley fan
0: i was watching a game down in san antonio,
1: san antonio. <laughs> uh, oh. problematic statements <laughs> problematic statements from a problematic reporter speaking of problematic reporters Thanks to everybody who's been part- participating in the one-for-one pick we are gonna have a winner announced live on next week's show. once all these straggler? I thought, was, I thought it was supposed to be this week. Well, there's still a few straggler games this week, and uh, you know we said every single regular oh, season. Oh right, game, so. I
0: forgot about the end of the regular season shit.
1: Yeah, so we right, will be right, announcing right. it live next week on ep- on-, on air here. Uh, we're looking forward to it. But Nolan, I think that is all I have to say. Anything else from you?
0: No, I don't think so. Um, I guess, uh, well, game one is on Wednesday, game two on Friday, game three on Sunday, and then by that time we'll be on to a new episode and then we'll have the updates on what's happened in those games. Um, But yeah, man, like, this is the end of the first season of the show and, uh, well, the end of the the first regular season for us. And, um, you know, we we've said it multiple times and 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 we've we we've tried to be a, as grateful as we can but i mean thank you to everybody listening and everybody following us on both instagram and twitter and all that stuff we recently got a bit of an uptick in twitter followers this weekend so that was really nice to see um a lot of interaction going on and uh you know we 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 hope to to take this thing much to much bigger uh you know much bigger peaks. Uh, but I mean, this has been a lot of fun. I've just, I've had just a a ton of fun just hopping on once a week and shooting the shit and, uh, you know, talking hockey and hopefully we can continue to do that for a very long time miles. But, um, yeah, like I said, just thank you to everybody that's been listening and been following along and engaging and taking part in the pickup palooza because the sweater is going to be pretty fucking sick. So I, uh, I, I do say, hold it, hold hold out for the uh, hold out for the hope, and we'll have some other. We uh, maybe we'll have some other goodies on the way following that.
1: Amen, Miles. amen to that, my dude. Uh, thanks to everybody for your support this past season. Can't wait to keep things going. Uh, hopefully, you'll get to follow along live as we get into an absolutely wild playoff run. But that does it for the nineteenth episode of the One for One podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, a playoff go, Oilers go.
0: Playoff go, Oilers go. Psych, we're almost finished. It's Nolan. I'm currently editing the pod right now. And I just spoke to Miles about something we forgot. So, everybody, starting tomorrow, which is Wednesday, May the 19th, the Oilers start their playoff run at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Both Miles and I have decided that we're going to grow Oilers playoff beards. If you would like to take part, please do so. We heavily encourage it. Miles and I will be updating everybody almost daily on our progress and how terrible our our beards look. I have been left with a mustache because that is all I am allowed to leave on. So please, let's see those playoff beards. Even if you can't grow facial hair, that's okay. We want to see something. Ryan Nugent Hopkins can barely grow facial hair, but Oilerville loves Ryan Nugent Hopkins. When you do post them... Or send them to us. You can either send them to to us on Instagram. Or tweet them at us. On Instagram at 1 underscore 4 underscore 1 pod. And on Twitter at 1 for 1 pod. Please use the hashtag. 1 for 1 run 21. So hashtag. O N E F O R O N E R U N 21. And we will keep track of those and maybe show our friends but anyways thank you very much for tuning in as always go oilers go